June 28th, 2023. We're in Masechet Betzandaf, Lamed Amud Bet. If you count from the top of the Amud downward, it's 19 lines down. Two words before the end of the line, the Gemara says it's returning to what we saw in the Beraita. Veshavin besukata hag, bahag shihi asura, vimitna alea kolifitena'o. If you recall these words in the Beraita, which we saw cited earlier in the Gemara, were with regards to, well, initially the Beraita was talking about a sukkah, a hut of some sort, which a person wants to uh, use the wood of it on Shavuot or on Pesach. In other words, where it's a time when it's not a mitzvah per se to sit in the sukkah, and how entering into the day, since there's an isur sitira, to take down any part of that sukkah, we say it's mukseh. We say that beben Hashem at the time entering into the holiday, since you're not allowed to, wouldn't be able to access that wood in a permitted fashion, it means all the wood is prohibited, and as a result, that's what's called mukseh. Now, the Beraita mentioned two opinions on that matter. Mentioned the opinion of Tanakama, we call him Rabbi Huda for these purposes, and the opinion of Rabbi Shimon. So again, Entering into a Pesach or Shavuot, you have your sukkah situated in your backyard. And on Pesach or Shavuot, you realize you don't have enough firewood. Uh, you realize that you want to light the fire to make it warmer in the home or alternatively to make food, whatever the circumstances. And so you want to remove wood from that sukkah in order to uh, kindle a fire. Is that permitted on the holiday or not? So Bihuda, the first opinion in the Ibn Baraita made clear it's Asur. Why should it be Asur? Well, much as our Mishnah told us that there's an Isur again of Mukseh. This was set aside, there's an Isur Stirab ben Hashem Ashwat. The Gemara question, how could Rabbi Shimon say it's Mutar? Answered the Gemara, if you recall, because Rabbi Shimon letta'ameh. This is Rabbi Shimon who's consistent. His general opinion throughout Talmud, throughout Mishnayot is let le Mukseh. He doesn't have a mukseh of this sort. Now the Gemara qualified, then it's important to review very briefly. The Gemara explained that a Bishimon doesn't generally and across the board maintain there's no such thing as mukseh. That entering into the day, it wasn't on my mind. I didn't have any accessibility to this wood. It should therefore be permitted. No, it's only if there's some angle the Gemara explained for us in which this will become permitted. Uh, how would that be the case? Well, the example was in the, the, the candle which was lit, the Gemara cited uh, Rabbi Shimon's opinion, you're allowed to take, once the candle gets extinguished, from the oil and use that. Why is that permitted according to Rabbi Shimon? Because a person realizes that this oil will be accessible at some point. I can't extinguish the flame on my own, over the course of the day, over the course of two days, whatever the circumstances, if it's holiday, if it's Shabbat, it's going to go out. And as a result, according to the Bishimoni, it's on my mind. I realize now I can't use that oil, but it will go out. The Bihuda would have nothing of it. Said the Gemara, if you recall, so too by the Sukkah, we're talking about a Sukkah re'u'ah, which means to say it's a rickety, it's an unstable sukkah. As a result, according to Rabbi Shimon, he looks at this sukkah, the individual who owns this hut, and says it's going to fall down over the course of the day, over the course of the holiday. And therefore, although in the initial stages I can't just dismantle it, it's an isur, it's a melakha called soter, sitira, nonetheless, when it falls down, we say it's no longer mukseh, didn't have that status because I thought about and realized entering into the day, this sukkah would fall down and I might in turn enjoy the wood as firewood. Well, the Gemara then cited this Beraita which continued. Here's the part that we're up to. It said, but when it comes to Sukkot, everybody agrees, even Rabbi Shimon, 
that shehi asura. Even Rabbi Shimon, who told us when you're dealing with the unstable sukkah entering into Pesach or Shavuot, when it falls down, well, you could pick up the wood and then use it. When it comes to Sukkot, even Rabbi Shimon says it's Asur under all circumstances, under every situation. Uh, why should that be? We'll have to address. And then the last words, and as I told you yesterday, the most curious and difficult to understand words, you made a condition. If you stipulated before Sukkot, well, I'm going to use the wood, I might use the wood, well, then it's permitted. Why should that change anything? Uh, first and foremost, says the Gemara, umi mehane bahtenai. Mehane means to work, to help. Does a, a tenaya condition really help in such a situation? Is it really effective? How would, according to anyone, well, the Gemara, the Beraita is citing it according to all opinions, it appears. If I stipulated prior to Sukkot, I'd like to and I will, over the course of Sukkot, use this wood for whatever purpose that I determine, well, then it's okay. Is that really so? And from the answer or the question that we'll address over here, we'll understand as why, why on Sukkot it's more hamur, why the wood of the Sukkah is more severe than on Pesach or Shavuot. Don't we have a statement of Rav Sheshat? who's a emora, who in turn was siding from Rabbi Akiva, one of the Tanaim. Minayin asurin kol shiv'a. It appears to be a biblical prohibition, a biblical restriction to get any benefit from the wood of a sukkah. We generally assume that means both the sechach and the difanot and the walls of the sukkah. All seven days of Sukkot, Shene'emar, Hag HaSukkot Shiv'at Yamim Ladonai. The Pasuk says that the holiday of Sukkot, and we zone in on the word Sukkot and understand that not only is the name of the holiday, but as the actual booths, the Sukkot, are seven days LaHashem. What does it mean that it's LaHashem? It means it's sanctified. It means the booth itself, the Sukkah itself, when it comes to Sukkot, because of this pasuk, because of the authority of the Torah, you may not and cannot derive any benefit from it. That's whether you're a Bihuda or even a Bishimon, it's not just a mukse general issue, there's a sanctity to the sukkah itself. Likewise, says the Gemara Vitanya, we have a Beraita which accords with this as well. Rabbi Yehuda ben Betera Omer, Minayin shekeshem shechal shem shamayim al ha-hagiga, kach hal shem shamayim al ha-sukkah, where is it that we can derive that the same way Shem Shamayim, so to speak, God's name, in other words, sanctity, holiness. How do I know the same way that a Korban Hagiga, which is the sacrifice that in addition to two others was brought on all three of the festivals, on Pesach, Shavuot, and Sukkot, there's a certain sanctity to it. You can't just, before slaughtering and doing Hakdarat Imurim, just benefit from that flesh of that animal. You can't use the animal for whatever purpose you want. There's a sanctity, it's Shem Shamaim on that animal, that much we know. How do you know that that applies as well to the structure of the Sukkah? Tamud Lomar, Hag HaSukkot, Shivat Yamim Ladonai, Mahag Ladonai, it makes a derashar, biuda ben betera does, from the fact that the Torah describes it as hag hasukot. We're reading that word hag not merely as the way you and I would use it as the holiday, but the hag, the day on which we bring korban hagiga, to hekesh of sorts, and saying the same way a korban hagiga has a holiness, a sanctity inherent in its essence, so too does the sukkah. What's he adding to the biakivav? Proper question. So again, Jesse asked, gotcha. First let me zone out and then zone back in. Why did the Gemara cite this? 
First and foremost, this gave us sourcing for the general concept. Why on Sukkot is the Sukkah prohibited for my benefit, right? Even according to the Bishimon. So these are my sourcing, either Lahashem or Hag. Either one seems to be, as Jesse's asking, the same, it amounts to the same thing, that you're not allowed to benefit from the wood of the Sukkah. I will address your question in a second. Why is the Gemara furthermore citing this in this context? Well, if it's prohibitive, if it's asur from the Torah, you can't make a stipulation or a, a, some sort of tenai on that. I say this korban, fantastic, beautiful animal, I'm sanctifying it to God, but I'm going to use it for my own benefit in the meantime. No such thing. Once it's sanctified for God, you can't make any such stipulations. The Gemara in turn is asking, when it comes to sukkah on sukkot, how could you make such a stipulation? The words of the Biraita were twofold. Number one, Rabbi Shimon says that the sukkah on Sukkot is Asur, even Rabbi Shimon. And number two, you could stipulate, you could make a condition. Condition? If the idea is that it has sanctity, it has holiness, it's not a rabbinic restriction. You can't make such a stipulation. All right, we're going to have to address those issues in the Gemara. First to Jesse's question. Jesse says, why do we need two separate derashot? What are they disagreeing about with regards to how you derive that a sukkah is asur bahana'ah, is uh, prohibited in getting your own personal benefit, that it has a certain sanctity to it? So again, the first derasha was lahashim. Second derasha was had. We liken it to a korban hagiga. Tosafot and Masechet Sukkan Daftet asked this question. And Tosafot, if I remember correctly, suggests that Rabbi Uda ben Betera is taking into account the opinion of Bet Shammai. Without getting too far, there's a Mishnah and Daftet in Masechet Sukkah, a bachlok between Bet Shammai and Bet Hillel, about the construction of a Sukkah. Does the Sukkah need to be constructed, built, Leshem Sukkah? Does there need to be a mindset of, I'm doing this with the intent expressly of this being a Sukkah on the holiday? Bet Shammai's opinion is you do. Bet Hillel's counter opinion is you don't. We're posek like Bet Hillel. However, says Rabbi Bet Shammai's claim is because the Pasuk says It's a great Pasuk to point to How often does the Torah tell you You're doing this for God Of course you're doing it for God Why is the Torah telling you Bet Shammai says Because it's telling you You need to build the Sukkah L'shem Shammayim so Biudah ben Betera is for that reason pinpointing those words, the, the word Hag and saying, instead of reading it like Bet Shammai, that La Hashem is teaching me it needs to be L'Shem Shammayim. It's, it's instead teaching me that there's a certain sanctity. So he's complimenting, according to Tosafot, Rabbi Akiva's opinion. Rabbi Akiva, you want me to prove that you're right, that La Hashem isn't telling me about intent, but rather telling me about the status of the Sukkah, Hag. Uh, so he's kind of reading them together according to Tosafot. All right, technical aspect. But ultimately speaking, that's the halacha. Parenthetically, it should be noted. In She'elotu Teshubot Oneg Yom Tob, in Siman Memtet, he has the following question. It's a well-known question because people like to debate this and discuss this. If you're not allowed to get any benefit from the sukkah on the holiday, well, what is it that is permitted and what's not permitted? Well, we know what's going to be permitted. You're, you're going to be permitted because you must eat in the sukkah. You're going to be permitted because technically speaking, the Gemara, the Mishnah is clear, you're supposed to be sleeping in the sukkah. Uh, what about uh, just hanging out in the sukkah? Permitted or prohibited? You're not allowed to just use the animal of a sacrifice. Heke. What about if you're not obligated to be in the sukkah at that time? For example, there's rain coming down. Are you allowed to stay in the sukkah? Forget about not being obligated. Are you allowed? Maybe there's an isur, because there's an isur hanai, and I'll let you get any benefit from it. 
What about, lastly, Kisusha Hanaruch weighs in on this, as do others. What about women who aren't obligated in sukkah? Are they allowed to sit in the sukkah? If, after all, the only reason we're permitting sitting in the sukkah, even though it has sanctity, is because that's the mitzvah, well, maybe women shouldn't be allowed to, albeit they do ful- it is true that they fulfill the mitzvah. This is the debate. Listen, ultimately speaking, Mishnah Berah quotes from Taz that we are posek lekula and all these sorts of matters. And the only things that are expressively prohibited are if you're actually taking the wood and using it for an external use. To the extent that even if you lean against the wall in the sukkah, I've been present where people got very nervous about this. The poskim say that's permitted. You're using it as a regular usage. The way, same way in your home, you'd lean against the wall. So too in a sukkah, you're allowed. So people get very nervous. No, you're not allowed to get any benefit from it. Okay, you're not allowed to take the wood and use it for another purpose. That's how we go la halacha. We don't go to any of these extremes, although there's a debate, there's a conversation about all of them. All right, that being the case, our Gemara then again is in the middle of a question. How can a tenai, a condition, work for the sukkah on Sukkot? Entering into the holiday, I say, it appears from the Beraita, I say, I'm going to benefit from the wood of this sukkah. You can't do that. You can't do it with an animal, which is holy. You can't do it with the sukkah, which is holy. Amarav menashia bere derava sefa atan le de alma. So first translating the words and then making sense of them. Sefa, it's the final words of the Biraita. Atan, atan in Aramaic means to go. Atan means they are going, those words are going. Lisukat de'alma. De'alma means in general, in contrast to on Sukkot. Which means to say the following. If you recall the Biraita, and I'm going to say it outside, you could look inside and see it, had three separate statements. And just remember how these types of things work. Statement number one was about sukkah on, as I started the class, Pesach and Shavuot. Mahloket Biudan Bishimon. Statement number two was sukkah and sukkot. Everyone agrees, Asur. Statement number three, I'll do it like this if I can, is condition works. We assumed statement number three, logically speaking, or technically speaking, was going on statement number two. It was referring to, if I have a sukkah on sukkot, I can make a condition about it. Instead, this statement of Rav Menashia Bere is that statement number three was not speaking to what was said right beforehand, but rather to the first statement, to the context of the sukkah on Pesach or Shavuot. Pause for a second, what's the difference? Oh, we can all appreciate and understand the difference, right? When it comes to Pesach and Shavuot, the only reason I can't benefit from the sukkah is a rabbinic, a rabbinic restriction. What's that rabbinic restriction? Mukseh. What's the idea that underlies Mukseh? It's not on my mind. I entering into the day and not thinking about the fact that I'll use this sukkah. It's over here, Mukseh Mehamat Isur. It's prohibited for me to pull it down and use it. It's off, it's out of mind, out of sight, out of, it's completely out of my mind. Over there, a stipulation, a tenaya condition we can understand working. In other words, I'm expressly stating in mind and in mouth that this sukkah, if and when it falls, I will use from its wood. Uh, that could be permitted. The whole issue was it's not on my mind. Now I'm placing it on my mind. That's permitted even according to the Biuda, the suggestion of the Gemara. Sukkah on Sukkot? Uh, nothing to do with your mind. 
has something to do with your mind, the sanctity and the holiness. You're going to tell me the Sefer Torah is only holy because you decided it's holy. You're going to tell me the Korban is, is only holy because in your mind you determined, it has nothing to do with your mind. It's in essence holy. You can't make stipulations in order to rid that of its sanctity. That's the suggestion in turn. So from a technical standpoint, it's a little difficult because we're linking statement three to statement one, but logically speaking, it makes, it, it makes a lot of sense. It follows through over here. Question? On Sukkot? After well, the issue over here no, is I'm, only I'm, over the Pesach. courses. Okay, Pesach. Interesting. Got, I got now what you're saying. Jeffrey says it's it's Pesach at Shavuot. I'll tell you why it's not going to work. And he says, and you consistently dismantle and place it away. Can you, in such a situation, make this sort of stipulation from the onset and uh, and and, uh, and and make it? What's that? You always use it that way. In other words, he's asking. Just one second. He's asking. Do you need to explicitly say it if this is the usage? And the answer is certainly not. You don't need to explicitly say it. If that's the usage, that's the usage. It's not mukseh. Nobody looks at it and says, this is a sukkah which is going to be there. You would only need to say that if you come, it's a, it's a great point. It really Why gets to the core. Why sukkahs traditionally don't fall down? You know, they don't fall down. Why are you saying they fall down, but they really don't fall down? Well, several things. First and foremost, uh, I hear you, so it means that you're not going to have many permitted ones, but I'll tell you what is relevant if you made the stipulation, right? And it doesn't need to fall down once you make the stipulation. The only reason you'd, it, it, the only reason the falling down is necessary is on Yom Tov at this point. On Cholamoed, you'd be able to pull it down and not have any such issue. I mean, that, that's the truth, though. Oh, I, I take it back, Jeffrey. Take it back. In, in a, uh, and it's to a certain, in theory, you're right. In practicality, it doesn't work. How are you going to pull it down? It's a suit to pull it down. No, he's saying it's already down. No, you can't put a condition because then it's a melachat to pull it down. The condition will work that it's not mukse once it falls down to use it. Uh-huh. You can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. You put firewood that you put it on top. Yeah, yeah. There is a difference. There's a major difference between Sukkot and Pesach. Number one, uh, is it only Rabbi Shimon? Is it even uh, even Rabbi Huda, right? And number two, uh, it it appears, right? And, and number two, does the stipulation work? Does the Tanai work? The Tanai is only working for Pesach and Shabbat, not for Sukkot. On Sukkot, since the Sukkah has a sanctity, even if it falls down, that's what's emerging. It's going to be Asur. Uh, so that's the answer to you. Uh, well, the only difference between the Korban and the Sukkah Korban once you bring it, it's, it's completely gone. After Sukkot, the Sukkah is still around. You, you know, you recycle it every single year. It's really not gone. It's, it's there. So it's I hear you. We have to zone in every uh, seven, eight days of Sukkot and say it's a new reality. Right. If it's happening on say it. That's an important question. We'll see in just a moment or two that Shemini Aseret is for one reason or another included in this prohibition. Tosafot at the top right-hand corner actually have a difficulty with that notion. Of su- no, just go ahead. to be clear, so Please. after Sukkot, you could use it for firewood. Certainly. That's Certainly. That's, that's very much what Jesse was just speaking to. In other words, Sukkot's over, the sanctity is gone. You see, it's, it bears mention for a moment or two just the difference between something like a sukkah and a sefer Torah. 
Right? No, so when you talk about different, these are, one is called Tashmish Mitzvah, and the other is called Tashmish Kedusha. And the difference between the two has halachic differences, but uh, I'll explain to you how you know which one is which. Tashmish Mitzvah means something that's being used for a mitzvah. The sisit on our sisiot. Uh, the sukkah panels and, uh, and uh, boxes with tefillin is an interesting one we're going to have to address in a second. Uh, all these are, uh, maybe, kippah, not mitzvah, minhag. But that's in contrast to anything that's, that has God's name on it is, is, is parchment. So mezuzah uh, or sefer Torah or tefillin. Now there's major differences with regards to these matters because when you're dealing with gufa kedushah, when you're dealing with a sefer Torah or tefillin, the boxes which are around it have inherently, as a result, a sanctity in and of themselves. You can't, when you're done with the boxes, just throw them in the garbage. That's in contrast to when you're done with the strands on your sisit, they can, you want to treat them with respect, but they can go in the garbage. Um, the, the, when it comes to gufa uh, kedusha and the tashmishim, it needs geniza. When it comes to tashmish mitzvah and mitzvah, it doesn't need geniza. That's a very uh, important difference. Just this past week, someone asked me the following question. They had a uh, mezuzah box, which shattered, and they wanted to know, do they need to bury it, or can they throw it in the garbage? Now, the answer with regards to mezuzot is that, generally speaking, our mezuzot have that thin uh, layer uh, around the scroll. That already is the tashmish. That is what holds it in. As a result, the box doesn't have any sanctity as well. And I think that's one of the reasons that it's done. It's done in order to preserve it, but it's furthermore done so that the box doesn't have any such issues. Okay, but that all being the case, the Gemara now gave us an answer. So Rav Menashya Rava answered for us that the sefa, where we talked about a condition, is working for sukkah de'almat, working for the sukkah and Pesach and Shavuot, when the sukkah fell, because you can't pull it down yourself, as opposed to on sukkah, val sukkah de mitzvah, la mehane ba tena'a, period. And however, when it comes to sukkah de mitzvah, meaning the sukkah on sukkot, condition wouldn't work. What's the difference again, to state it clearly? Sukkot is an inherent kiddushah, holiday, Pesach, Shavuot, it's what's called mukseh. It's a rabbinic restriction because of my mindset. Says the Gemara, is that really so though? We're going to challenge you. We think you can be even more lenient. Visukkah de mitzvah, lo. Is it really so that when it comes to sukkah and sukkot, you can't make a condition that would help in order to allow you to enjoy the firewood, enjoy the wood over the course of the holiday? Vehatanya, don't we have a beraita which teaches the following? Now this beraita, and of course that will be a distinction which we'll realize very quickly, but this beraita will talk about what's called noye sukkah. Noi, lihitnaot, means to look beautiful. The beautifications, the adornments of a sukkah. Uh, what are those? Well, uh, pictures that you hang maybe in the sukkah, uh, the fruits or decorations that are on the sukkah. They have a status of kiddushah in and of themselves as well. Now, we're going to read about those, that although they have a status of kiddushah, if you make a condition with regards to them, you can remove them on the holiday. And in turn, we're going to say, wait a second, why is that different than the walls or the sechach of the sukkah? They're both kadosh, right? That's what the Gemara is leading us into right now. The Gemara's assumption is that they are. Why shouldn't they be? There? If they have a kedushah, believe it or not, the assumption is yes. In terms of kedushah without a tenai, the answer is certainly yes. 
if you, I, I remember learning this as a little kid because I went, there was something on the chair I wanted to see and I went up, my father said, you know, you really shouldn't be touching it. I said, I'm not touching this, I'm touching the, I don't know, pomegranate or whatever. We used to put like real pomegranate. Anyway, so it says, that doesn't the Beraita teach us, if you first uh, uh, laid the sechach, according to the halacha, ve'itera, and then you uh, gave it a crown, and you adorned it, bikramim u'besidinim ha'mesuyarim, with uh, uh, sheets or uh, other fabrics which, have, uh, which are misuyar, which have pictures on them, so that you look up and you don't just see schach, you see beautiful dormants as well, v'talaba egozim, and you then uh, alternatively or in addition, uh, hang uh, walnuts, shkedim, afarkisekim, rimonim, parchile anavim, or you have all sorts of other fruits which you might, in order to beautify your sukkah, hang from the top of it. Yenot, shemanim, vesiltot, you fill a glass or some receptacle that's clear, I'd imagine, with wine or oil or flour. That one I've never seen, but uh, it's always the first. Maybe you took uh, stalks of wheat of some sort, which have a beautiful ending, I guess, that makes it look like a crown on it. Any of those circumstances, again, where you put what's called noye sukkah, what's the halakha? Asur lihistapek mehen ad mosei yom toba haron shil hag. Uh, the halakha is, you're not allowed to benefit from them until, and listen to the words, Jesse, that addresses your question. question, of course, will be why, but means even shimini aseret, which again, as I told you, Tosafot is bothered by, well, why is shimini aseret a part of this? Technically speaking, there's no chayuv on shimini aseret. Well, the Gemara does say at the end of Masechet Sukkah, we sit in it, but when I'm making a beracha, which is very telling. There's no chova. The Torah doesn't command us to do so in a simple fashion. But uh, before we deal with technicalities, uh, the Gemara now has cited initially just the following of Beraita, which told us that the noye sukkah, the adornments of the sukkah, have the same status as the walls and sechach of the sukkah. Here's the key lines. Vihim hitna alehem hakol If you made a condition and you stipulated entering into the holiday, you see that uh, pomegranate? We'll leave it up for the first day or two, and then we're going to eat it at our meal. Uh, you see that walnut? You see that picture? I'd like to put them at the table afterwards. So I'm going to remove it. I make that condition. Everything is based on your condition. Oh, so now let's stop and pause and uh, reflect on what just happened here in the Gemara. Again, the Gemara initially had a question. How could it be that the final words of the Beraita teach us that you could make a tenai, a condition, when it comes to Sukkot, in order to get benefit, in order to use the firewood? Oh, that doesn't make any sense. We quoted both from Rav Sheshat in the name of Rabbi Akiva, as well as Rabbi Yehuda ben Betera, two separate derashot, or Tosafot, one derasha, that taught us that the sukkah has a holiness, it has a sanctity. The same way a korban, you can't make a stipulation in order to benefit from it, so to the sukkah you can. Uh, Rav Menashya Berede Rava gave us an answer. He said the explanation is that final, those final words, we're only talking about the sukkah, the hut which you constructed before or using on Pesach or Shavuot. When it comes to sukkot, Condition won't work. You're right. Condition doesn't work. It only works when you're dealing with mukseh, mindset issues. Says the Gemara, is that really so? 
nice logic. However, I have a Biraita which teaches me that whereas the same status applies to the Noyesuka, what I put on the top, what I put on the sides, nonetheless, the Biraita says explicitly, Imhitna, if you made a condition, the condition is effective. So you see, a condition is effective, even with regards to something which has strangely inherent Kiddushah. I made fun of it a moment ago. I said, you made a condition on the Sefer Torah. It'll be holy until I don't want it to be holy. It's ridiculous. No, but I told me I'm allowed to do that with regards to the Noyesuka. So we tried to distinguish, but the Gemara is going to have to be sharper than just saying they're different. Uh, Sukkot, we're talking about Sukkot. Even on Yom Tov. Again, provided that you're not doing the melacha by removing it, but you're not. I mean, what are you, it's hanging on the top. You're just sliding it off. You had unexpected guests. You didn't make a condition. And you need that food for the guests. Asur. Can't get it. Asur. It's it's muqseh. It's 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 uqsal It might even be uh, when at this point we think it's even nisur de oraita. Um, keep in mind, yeah, no, uqsal mitzvato at this point is inappropriate words. It's kadosh. That's right. Yeah, I mean to that extent. That's up 100% sure. Perfect. Sure. Who answers the gemara? Abaye and Rava suggested beomer. Any bodel mehem kol ben hashemashot de lo hala kedusha alayhu aval ase suka de hala kedusha alayhu it kasai or it kasee le shiva abayen rava de amre who said tarvayu the two of them they gave the both together and separately the same explanation. Their suggestion went as follows. There is a basic distinction between the noye sukkah, the adornments, and the sukkah itself. I, I slipped a moment ago, and Jesse corrected me in our mindset a moment ago. We assumed that they're the same. If the walls and the sechach of the sukkah you can't get benefit from, and I know the same thing applies to the Beraita told me with regards to the adornments, the beautifications of the sukkah, I said it's the same law. It's not the same law. The suggestion is they're different laws. How are they different laws? Well, think about the difference between the two. When it comes to the wood of the sukkah, in order to remove the wood of the sukkah on the holiday, I certainly would not be able to. Why would I not be able to? It's stirah. It's what we've been dealing with until now. It's a melachah. As a result, that's what we call muqseh mehamat isur. I enter into the holiday and I look at the walls and I look at the sechach of the sukkah and I say, there's no chance I'm taking that stuff down. And it's a strong sukkah. And as a result, I can't make stipulation to override that. It's asur. There's nothing I can do about that. When it comes to the adornments, it's a different type of mukse. It's a different type of issue over here. It it There's a haksaah lemitzvato. It's if I'm using this as part of the adornment of the sukkah, it has a certain sanctity. It has a certain status. What if I stipulate at the onset I don't want it to have that status? Now it's not that I'm going to have to violate an isur on Shabbat and Yom Tov in order to take it down. There's no such isur. It's my mindset that made the problem. It's that I, as I entered into the holiday, if I had this mindset, this is a part of my sukkah. So then it's a part of my sukkah. What if I say any bodil mehem kol What if I say as I'm entering in ben hashem at the moments of entrance into the holiday, any bodil mehem? I'm not. Lehavdil, right? Havdalah means to separate. I'm not separating from them. I'm putting them up because they're beautiful, but I'm pulling them down for my guests. I'm pulling them down if I need them. I'm pulling them down to look at them. Whatever the circumstances, if I make such a stipulation, 
Uh, why shouldn't you be able to? The only reason you wouldn't be able to is if it was actually part of the structure of the sukkah where I can't pull it down. Which means to say, piecing the whole shakla v'tayah, the whole back and forth of the gemara together, it means that we set ourselves on a, uh, on a, a direction which we kept. In the initial stage of the Gemara, Rav Menashya Berederava told us that the Tenai, the condition, will be effective with regards to the Sukkah of Pesach and Shavuot, not for Sukkot. Why not for Sukkot? With Sukkot, you have a certain inherent sanctity. You can't make conditions on that. We challenged that, and we said, is that really so? That was that the last segment of the Gemara we're learning right now. Is that really so? With regards to the adornments, you can make a condition. Why should the structure of the Sukkah be any different? And the Gemara very purposefully, Rava and Abaye told us, there's a basic difference. You're just lumping everything together. It's not the same thing. Whereas the Sukkah has a certain inherent status, it's Muqseh, it might have furthermore a Kiddushah, uh, an issue that Tosafot addresses, what happened to our Kiddushah, where we're only talking about Mukseh, but regardless, I can't pull it down, can't make a stipulation about that, with regards to the adornments, the adornments don't pose such an Isur, the adornments are only considered Mukseh in as much as I'm having them in my mind, a part of the Sukkah, if I say otherwise, uh, it will be effective. That's what these final words of the Gemara mean, Be'omer, the circumstance is, the person says, Eni bodel mehem kol ben The person says, at, throughout, entering, I'm not separating from them as I enter into the holiday. There's no kedusha, there's no sanctity attached to them. Because I'm saying about them, sure there are my sukkah, but I will be using them. Aval the wood of the sukkah, both the walls and the sechach, the hala kedusha alayu. It rests upon them and inherits kedusha. Again, Rashi inserts because you can't pull them down. It They in turn become mukseh, untouchable over the course of the seven days of Sukkot. Baruch Adonai Amen. Amen. Amen.